This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we've now logged more than 300,000 cases of COVID-19 in the Sunshine State. More than 10,000 new cases were reported Wednesday, along with 112 fatalities. That raises Florida's coronavirus death toll to 4,626. The governor tells the State Board of Education that schools will be safe when they reopen next month, but Ron DeSantis says if you're not comfortable sending your kids back, there will be alternatives. The last thing you want to do is, is, is shove people in if they're just not comfortable. I think you have to give the, the, the parent that option to opt for virtual um, if you want to. But the State Board of Education has some questions about that emergency order to reopen schools next month in the middle of a pandemic. That is the problem. That is what caused the confusion. And that is what causes the fear. Remember the governor's slogan for reopening the state? He calls it safe, simple, and step-by-step. But Democrats in the Florida Senate have an alternative. They call it step back to safety. His hands-off approach is not working. He's losing the war against the pandemic, and that means the people of the state of Florida are losing the war against the pandemic. If we don't take a step back now, we will have to close this economy down again. This is beyond the pale, and it's being done because we've got a governor who's walking lockstep with the president. The president uh, doesn't know what he's doing, and the governor is in denial. You'll hear more as we take a deep dive on the disgruntled Democrats. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who refused to wear a mask at Walmart and stood his ground by pulling a gun on another shopper. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, July 16th. As local school officials try to figure out the best way to reopen for the fall semester, the state education commissioner is refusing to back down from his emergency order that says public schools must be open five days a week by the end of August so kids can return to the classroom. Mike Oldnick serves on the State Board of Education. He says the commissioner's order is creating confusion among parents, teachers, and kids. He also believes it has turned a health and safety issue into a political one. The emergency order focused specifically on all Schools, brick and mortar schools shall be open, I'm paraphrasing, for five days, unless you get an opt-out. That is the problem. That is what caused the confusion. And that is what causes the fear. The rest of the order and the things we're talking about today make sense. What needs to be rescinded, in my mind, is that aspect that all schools must open. Because, first of all, this order should have been brought to the, to the State Board of Education before it went out. We should have had the opportunity to discuss this. We didn't. And the other aspect is the school board has the legal authority to operate, control, and supervise. In my mind, the state, the DOE, should offer help, assistance, guidance, help in the flexibility, help on these things. But what needs to happen in my mind is we, or you, Commissioner, need to rescind that, that five-day-a-week because what I'm hearing today about flexibility and all the things we're doing to help them is contrary to that mandate of five days a week. So let's remove those impediments. If the school board, whether it's Broward or Orange, if they think in their best interest that they need to close schools, then we should be supportive of that. And that's the confusion. We all want brick and mortar. Brick and mortar is what has made all of us, 
all of us who we are, the brick and mortar experience, and I want that for my grandchild as well. The executive order was a good idea, but it wasn't. It came out as an emergency order. It became to some degree political in many people's eyes. So let's backtrack on that brick and mortar and keep the rest of the order intact. But Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran is not backing down, and he claims the plan has been misrepresented in the media by reporters who haven't read the document. No. What this executive order uh, does, Mike, the emergency order, is it gives complete flexibility, complete stability, financial stability, and complete accountability. And part of that flexibility is if a parent would like to have their child in a bricks-and-mortar classroom with a teacher in front of them five days a week, they absolutely should have that option, and it will not come out of the emergency order. Governor Ron DeSantis attended this meeting of the State Board of Education and promised that he'll be flexible when reviewing each of the county's plans for safe school reopening. The best interest of the child is obviously paramount, but we also understand that there are a lot of adults who are working in our school system as administrators, as teachers, and then a whole host of other things that go a part of it. And I think it's paramount that there's a safe environment for everybody and not, not merely just the kids. I know they're working really hard to develop uh, ways to, to have a safe environment. I'm confident it can be done. If you have an employee who is particularly at risk for this, then by all means, uh, you have to have special accommodations uh, that are provided. That would be true for a student, too, uh, and it would also be true for uh, an employee, an adult employee. And so we, we have a good sense of kind of who the more at-risk individuals are and who may be lower risk even amongst the adult population. Um, but I think it's important that parents have the ability to make, uh, to make a choice if they're not comfortable. The last thing you want to do is, is, is shove people in if they're just not comfortable. Look, we have some parents that really want the kids back in school. They, they, um, uh, they think it's important. You know, we have some others who, you know, look, it's a, it's a time. There's a lot of fear out there, a lot of anxiety. You know, me at this moment wouldn't be as comfortable. And I think you have to give the, the, the parent that option to opt for virtual um, if you want to. So I think it's important as you're looking at the reopening, focusing, of course, on health risks, viral transmission, all that, very important, but also looking at the risks on the other side of, of not giving an option for, for parents to have uh, in-person instruction. As much as Florida's done, I think really been a leader in the virtual education, uh, bottom line is our kids fell behind just like everybody else. There's just no way around that. And that's, I think, something that, um, that, that we really have to consider. What are the risks of not providing that type of option for a parent. And yes, parents, some of it's linked to the economy, particularly lower income families. They may not have childcare options. They wanna go back to work and all that. Um, and that's, that's part of it, but quite frankly, for me, it's more about the risk to the development uh, of our school children that, that's paramount and really should, the, the, should, should be what the decision rests on. Uh, and, and I think that having gone through what we went through, uh, the academic, achievement suffers, just the socialization, being able to be with other kids, uh, activities, all these different things um, are very, very important. But State Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa says the governor's response to COVID-19 has been a failure and she sees no reason to believe the reopening of schools will be any different. He rushed to reopen bars instead of creating a safe plan to reopen our schools. This is essential to our children's development, but also it's essential to the infrastructure of our entire economy. 
why was the reopening of schools an afterthought? That's my question. Schools across the state cannot afford soap and paper towels for the restrooms. Talk to any teacher. They struggle with operational air conditioning units and the Department of Education wants us to believe that there's a viable path to reopening schools right now. You know, where will they find the money for hand sanitizing stations, for PPE, more cleaning supplies, physical barriers for high traffic areas, you know, frequent air conditioning filter replacements, increased digital instructional materials. We cannot even control an outbreak of lice in our schools. So how are we gonna control not spreading this virus? You know, there's been mention of social distancing in classrooms and on buses, but classrooms are already over capacity due to a lack of state funding. And now we're going to attempt to social distance 30 children in a single room that could be 14 by 14. And as for buses, you know, my county has a, a school bus driver shortage before the pandemic. If you show social distance children on buses and increase the demand for buses, there's really no viable way to transport all these children. How is this gonna affect the um, exceptional student education and that population? There are far too many questions and concerns and not enough answers. That's why we're asking for a step back to safety. And this is my message to the governor and his attempt at uh, an irrational or trying to rationalize an argument. And governor, you know, herd immunity, and that's really what, what the governor is working on, that he doesn't really talk about it. But, you know, herd immunity as a strategy might work well for Impala on the African Plains. Um, but the calculus isn't the same when it's our grandparents, when it's our teachers, or anyone else that's immunocompromised in this state. It is not okay to move forward quietly thinking that herd immunity will take care of this state. It is not okay to deem my 87-year-old mother as collateral damage if she dies because she contracts this virus. Start taking care of Floridians in this state. Democrats in the legislature have been criticizing the governor's response for months. They've offered many suggestions, which have all been pretty much ignored. So the D's are doubling down, and we'll take a deep dive right after this. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. The Florida Hospital Association has released the OPEN plan, designed to allow Florida's safe resumption of elective surgeries and procedures. OPEN stands for O, observe the COVID-19 rate of community occurrence. P, prevent transmission. E, establish the process to restore elective surgeries and procedures. And N, network with all healthcare providers. You can read the OPEN plan today at FHA.org. Welcome back to Sunrise. When the governor first announced his vision for a phased reopening of Florida, he called it the safe, smart, step-by-step plan. But after a surge in new COVID cases that began after the reopening, Democrats who serve in the Florida Senate say it's not really smart and it's certainly not safe. So Senate Democratic Leader Audrey Gibson of Jacksonville says they are calling on the governor to roll back the reopening. Positive test numbers continue to skyrocket, along with new records for deaths from the pandemic in the state of Florida. There's over a little over 300,000 positive cases in our state. 10,000 of those were reported today. 
our uh, view is that uh, there's failed leadership um, in the governor's office. His hands-off approach is not working. He's losing the war against the pandemic, and that means the people of the state of Florida are losing the war against the pandemic. So in addition to previous recommendations uh, we've already called for, we stand today calling for a statewide step back to safety. Senator Perry Thurston of Broward County says they need more action from the governor and fewer press conferences about how well the state is responding. You know, as I continually watch the governor at his press conference, it's just the same old, same old do not lack of leadership. At one recent press conference, there was a, a heckler, a heckler at the end trying to get his message across to the governor, and he was removed from the press conference. Well, we're not here to heckle. However, we agree with what he was saying. We agree that the governor needs to do more. We agree that we're not taking this thing seriously. I keep seeing what I perceive as a victory lap. Like we're proud of something. There's nothing to be proud about the fact that we have more cases in our state than some nations. We need to take this thing seriously, as we obviously are not from the leadership of this state. The president of the United States is talking about opening schools, and it's almost like we're just following lockstep with what he wants. But, Governor, the responsibility is to our kids, to our students, to our teachers, and that's just not what you're exhibiting. So we're here to say, yes, you need to step back. Yes, we need a statewide masking policy. We need this to be done, not yesterday, today. At each of his COVID press conferences, the governor boasts that Florida is testing record numbers of people and doing a better job than most other states. But Senator Lori Berman of Palm Beach County says it's nowhere near as easy as the governor would have you believe. We know right now people are waiting in lines to get tests. People are waiting on the phone to get tests. The testing in this state has been dismal at this point, and not to mention the fact that people are waiting weeks to get the test results back. So we need to make sure that in order for us to be able to do an effective step back, the governor has to take the lead on testing. We need to make sure that people are able to get in, that they are able to get their results and therefore, we will be able to control this virus. It's more important than ever that the testing be done in a statewide manner that is controlled so that everybody throughout the state, no matter where you live, can get a test. We've heard all along how anybody can get a test, but we know that's not true. I've even heard about that my local, one of my local hospitals, Boca Regional, not having enough tests for the people who are actually coming to the hospital. So let's step back for safety, but let's make sure that when we do it, we have the testing so that we can put Florida in a position where we can move forward. Senator Bobby Powell of West Palm Beach says Floridians need straight talk from the governor. He believes DeSantis should stop trying to minimize the danger and spinning the numbers to try to make Florida look better than it really is. We hear the people that claim to be the leaders in this state talk about how we have to get this economy back up, right? How we have to get everything started. 
we opened up way too early. We've let people go out to bars. We've opened movie theaters. All of these things have led us to the point where we're at now. And what we're saying is we have to take a step back now. If we don't take a step back now, we will have to close this economy down again. The people of Florida don't want that. The people of Florida can't handle that. But if we don't take the necessary actions right now to step back to let bars remain closed, go back to the 25% occupancy rules, if we don't go back right now, it's only going to get worse. I promise you, the numbers prove it. We see it happening right now. The proof is in the pudding. I think we are tired of hearing excuses. We are tired of watching the press conferences every day and hearing them talk about these silver linings that in two days later become uh, non-existent. We talk about the age of the people that are testing positive. It is steadily going up now. It is steadily going up because people like the people in my district live in multi-generational houses. And those young people that are catching it are now giving it to their parents are now giving it to their grandparents. Senator Thurston also believes the media bears some responsibility here because we have not been as forceful in questioning the governor as we should be. I noticed that during the governor's press conferences, you all in the media, you ask uh, questions of the governor as well. And sometimes I'm wondering, are the questions going to be more direct from you all as well? I think that the heckler at the press conference provided more interaction and incitement and challenging. You know, when I hear the press conferences, I'm listening and all I see is the same old, same old. Him giving excuses, you all asking a question and him deflecting as if there's absolutely nothing wrong. You know, when we talk about people dying, a hundred, uh, 10,000 new cases in a day, you know, I think that the questions that should be asked is, how many people are you prepared to let die in your state for the basis of your economy? And we're letting him off the hook by just going to press conferences, having him have a couple of doctors who he's already got in his pocket to stand up and say, oh, things are okay. We know things are not okay. We see on the national news every day, they're looking at Florida as a joke. So we're doing what we could do. We're standing up. We're saying that this is ridiculous and this is beyond the pale. We are past being upset about this. This is now affecting us in a way that our families are unsafe. You're opening schools. You're attempting to open schools and make our children unsafe. This is beyond the pale. And it's being done because we've got a governor who's walking lockstep with the president. The president uh, doesn't know what he's doing, and the governor is in denial. And that's the problem. A few hours after Thurston made that remark, the governor held another COVID-19 press conference, and a reporter for the Florida Channel had the chance to pose that question. See if you can find an answer in the governor's reply. Senate Democrats had a meeting today, and they want to know how many more people have to die before you before you consider scaling back on your reopening plans. Well, we're working hard uh, every day to, uh, uh, to prevent uh, not only the, the, the deaths, but obviously significant hospitalizations. I think if you look at all the uh, efforts that we've done to protect the most vulnerable and compare that with some of the other states who did different policies and maybe didn't put as much emphasis on that, and we've had people from the, 
from the, the Florida Healthcare Association. Some of them say, you know, we've been able to, to save probably thousands of lives when you look at all the efforts to protect our residents of long-term care facilities. And so it's something that we take very, very seriously. Uh, we're doing all we can because every life counts and it doesn't matter whether you're 10 years old, 30 years old, or 90 years old, you know, we want to be there um, and do the best we can uh, uh, to, to help folks, particularly uh, those who are the most vulnerable to a, uh, to a nasty virus. The Democrats acknowledge their pleas to the governor are likely to be ignored, but really that wasn't the goal. This is all just a preview of a political campaign that's about to engage the hyperdrive. The state unemployment agency has severed ties with two call center vendors who were hired to help out-of-work Floridians file their unemployment claims. A spokesperson at the Department of Economic Opportunity says they cut ties with Los Angeles-based engineering firm AECOM and with Miami-based technology firm UDT. The department did not specify a reason. However, the agency said it will prioritize hiring vendors who, quote, possess higher skilled and fully trained representatives. I guess you can read between the lines there, huh? Despite these reductions, the DEO is still paying more than 3,000 customer representatives to help file unemployment claims. Your calendar of political events begins with the Revenue Estimating Conference. They'll be meeting at 9 to analyze issues relating to the Education Enhancement Trust Fund, the Tobacco Settlement Trust Fund, and the School Trust Fund for the state. The Florida Defense Support Task Force holds a conference call at 9. State Senator Randolph Bracey is hosting a food distribution event at Ocoee Elementary School from 10 till 1 with enough food to feed over 500 families. Just drive in, they'll load up your car. Candidates in Sarasota County's House District 72 are taking part in an online forum at noon by the Sarasota Tiger Bay Club. That seat's open because Representative Margaret Good is running for Congress. Rafael Bostic, who's president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, speaks during an online meeting of the Economic Club of Florida. That's at noon. The University of Central Florida president, Alexander Cartwright, is scheduled to speak during an online meeting of the Tiger Bay Club of Central Florida. That's at 1.30. Also at 1.30, the Space Florida Board of Directors meets in conference call. And the Innocence Project of Florida holds an online event at 5.30 to discuss issues about police misconduct. Finally today, authorities are searching for the unmasked Florida man who pulled a gun during a confrontation at a Walmart in Royal Palm Beach. Security video shows a man without a mask pushing an older guy in a wheelchair through the store. Another shopper wearing a mask approaches them, begins talking about the need to cover up. The conversation ended when the guy without the mask flipped him a bird and pulled a handgun from his waistband. Deputies say he also made a death threat before leaving the store. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.